Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, good evening, River of Life. Man, I'm excited to be in church tonight, aren't you? It's going to be a great week. If you, uh, if you haven't already made plans to, you need to come out on Friday. We're going to have Good Friday uh, gathering up at Mac Church. Super excited to join Anchor and Mac Church and be a part of that amazing opportunity to just celebrate what God is doing. And then Easter weekend is going to be phenomenal. I know I need to let Breakline go. Thank you. I got you. Uh, so we're going to dismiss Breakline at this point. Grades four, five, and six, you are welcome to get up and head towards the back through the lobby, up the stairs, and I know Jordan's got something amazing lined up for you. Can I just tell you, that that group is growing and growing and growing, and when you see Jordan, you just need to thank her, because she pours out and pours out. <clears throat> well, I, I want to mention just a couple other things to you before we jump into the word tonight. First of all, as far as CSM goes, it's a great opportunity. We're going to partner with them And uh, even as we are sending students that direction, they may also down the road send second or third year students to come and intern here at River so that they can learn more about how we do outreach and some of the other things that we do. And so we're just really excited to to have that partnership start up. I do, for some of you, you may be wondering what's going to happen with River School of Ministry. That thing is still going. And so... River School of Ministry is something that is super important for those of you who maybe can't commit to saying, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to take full-time classes, but you want to take some classes uh, throughout, throughout the year, um, you can, you can uh, email school at ROLMT and talk to Renette. She would love to tell you more about that. Also, hop on the website. You can find it on there as well. And we're just very excited that, just as Rob was saying just a moment ago, so important because that verse says that the, the fields are ripe but we need harvesters, right? So the, the problem isn't with the fields, the problem's with the harvesters. So, so if we don't have enough, how I many of you know we need, this needs to be a priority that we, that we train. I'm excited that we got four students that are full-time up at Canvas right now, and I know that there are many more who are thinking about it, and, uh, and so we're just excited to see what God's doing, amen? Yeah. Well, we are looking at Romans chapter eight, verse 35. It says this, who shall separate us from the love of Christ Shall trouble or hardships or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Let's pray. God, in the next few moments as we look at your word, I pray, Father, that you will show us what we need to see. God, I'm so grateful because there are people that are here tonight that are watching online, that are watching in in Star Valley and in Malawi and those who are watching in the prison system. And God, we're just so grateful because your word is so powerful. And God, you know us, you you see us, you, you know what we need. And so God, I pray that as I say these words that God, it'll be not just words coming from a bald guy, but it'll be words that are penetrating even the hardest of hearts tonight. That God, wherever we find ourselves in our journey with you, that God, we would would be drawn closer to you, to a deeper understanding of who you are. God, we just praise you for that and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
So we are a week out from Easter, and that's hard to believe. It snuck up on us pretty quickly this year. But on Easter, we do this thing where we celebrate the fact that Jesus came. He died on the cross for our sins. He was, he was buried, and then on the third day, he rose from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, it, we know that we're celebrating the fact that he conquered the grave. He conquered death. He took our sin. He took our mess. He took our nonsense. When we hand those things to him, he's paid for them. How many of you can say amen to that tonight? Some of you sit in the room and you're messy. And, and just know you're welcome here, right? Because we're all messy. And we've all screwed up and we've all done stupid, Right? But we're so grateful because the God that we serve says, I see you right where you are, and I love you, and I sent my son to die on a cross, and I conquered death in the grave. I I took away any authority that the enemy thought that he had. It's now been stripped from him. And so I want to take just a few moments. Thank you. Thanks, Raven. It's good to have you in the house. (laughs) Can you hear it in my voice? Is that why you brought me that? Uh, I, I want to take just a moment right now. I want to, I want, can we just, can we just welcome uh, Star Valley to watching with us? Um, we had a great conversation with them today and they are busting at the seams. And so they're adding a second gathering starting the week after Easter. And so they're going to do Saturday night and Sunday morning. And so we're just excited to see what God's doing. Amen. Um, so as we look at this, I want you to understand that his victory, when we accept Christ into our lives, his victory becomes our victory. Like we, we, get, we get to own this thing that we don't deserve, but he loves you that much that he says, listen, I fought, I won, I died, I came back to life, I, I survived, I, I defeated the enemy. And if you'll believe in me, then all of a sudden now, not just Jesus is a conqueror, you're a conqueror. And that's important for us to understand and this, this verse actually says more than conquerors, and we're going to talk about that in just a few moments. But the word conquerors, if you go to the original Greek, it actually comes from the word Nikeo, which actually is where Nike comes from. Um, for those of you who, um, this, this was before they were all about taking a knee. Um, they were conquerors, <laughs> apparently, at one time. Um, So it means to conquer or to carry off victory or to come out victorious. And so in war, this means more than winning, okay? Sometimes we hear conquer and we think, oh, we won. No, 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 it's way bigger than that. As we look at it through the eyes of scripture, we need to understand what they're saying. Not only when you go to battle, when you conquer, not only do you survive, but you gain gold, you gain treasure, you overthrow the enemy of the king, you carry him off as a prisoner, And today, when we talk about winning, we need to understand this isn't like winning a basketball game. This is like defeating an enemy. This is stepping and gaining ground that that wasn't belonging to us for a while. But now Jesus says, listen, you are are more than a conqueror. You, You get all of these things. You get the spoils of war. It meant not only that you get to live another day, it means that you get to go home to your family. It means that the enemy that was trying to kill you has now been destroyed. When you win in a war like this, it means that you gain new land. It means that your nation expands. It means that your future and your children will grow in a new place. And that that to win means that you receive all of those things. And so as I was thinking about that this week, I was thinking, this is so important for us as believers to understand this because so many times we live our existence as though we just 
hope and pray that maybe we can just survive another day. And God said, no, you're more than a conqueror. Each soldier would bring home silver or gold from the enemy. It meant that there was a wealth transfer. The very resources that the enemy was using to fight against you now belong to you. When Paul says that you are a conqueror, it isn't some nice little basketball game that you just won. He's saying that the devil and death themselves have been conquered. And it also means that the devil's authority has been overthrown in a Christian's life. So if you sit in this room today and you call yourself by his name, if you've accepted him into your life and you've said, yeah, I want to follow him. And if you're, if you're new here and you're sitting and you're going, I don't really know what that means. Let me just explain something to you. It is not about religion. It is not about tradition. It is not about rules and regulations. It's about relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you accept him and you believe and you say, I I believe that Jesus does love me. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that he has plans for me. And I believe that he rose again on the third day. And when you accept that and you believe it, you become what we call a child of God. And inside of that, that's what we're talking about. Those of us who are children of the most high God, we are more than conquerors. The devil can no longer conquer your soul. You no longer are a slave to sin. The word conqueror invokes something inside of me. I don't know about you, but when I think about it, I think about like those, some of those war movies that are just like, like Braveheart, like a classic like that, right? Where it's like you're stepping into, the, into this thing that feels like it's so overwhelming, and yet inside of that, you, you, you know that you're, that you're fighting for the right side. And for many of us, I think that the church has pulled back because of fear, because of worry of what it'll look like, and all of those things. And, and it's amazing to me because we already know the outcome. Amen. Paul so graciously has already given us the end of the story. How many of you read the end of the book before you read the book? Anybody in the house that does that? Okay. A couple of you. How many of you, like, you're going to go see a movie, and so you get online, and not only do you watch the reviews, but you, you watch, like, some insight into the movie. Anybody do that? Like, some of you, 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 you want to know. Like, I don't want to be surprised when I, there's quite a few of you. That's, that's odd, actually. I'm the guy that if Shannon and I are going to sit down and watch a movie, we're going to rent one, we'll like kind of go through and watch the trailers and and I'll watch like half the trailer and then we'll pause it and we'll go, do we want to watch this? Because I don't want to, the trailers sometimes give away too much of the movie and I want to be surprised, right? Anybody like me? Okay. Well, if you're like me, then you're not, then I just, spoiler alert, Paul tells us what happens. You win. Okay. So you win. You know now that you are a winner, that you are a conqueror, that you, you don't have to live in a fear of what the enemy is going to do to you because he's already been conquered. Yes. Amen. So tonight I want to take just a few moments. I want to talk about what steals your victory. What can our enemy do to shrink the way that you feel about, about your life and the way that you're moving forward in that? How many Christians stop the win at, uh, just because they're, they're in a place where, where maybe they're trying to make things work so that they can have what's in this world as well as what's in the world to come. We maybe stop taking ground that he's already won and we, and we don't actually get the spoils 
that, that are promised to us. See, if you were a soldier back in the day when this was written, you would go and you would, you would win ground. And as you would win ground, you would, you would get to take some stuff as a result because you went and you fought. And for many of us, I think we, we don't go and fight. We sit back and we just say, okay, that's great that there can be a victory. But what would it look like, even as, as Rob is talking about this idea of, of harvesters, what would it look like for us, if every one of us who are called by his name realize that it's our job, it's our duty, it's our calling to wake up every morning and to find place that we can go and take ground from the enemy. I think one of the main reasons that we don't do that is oftentimes we get distracted. So today I want to talk just a little bit about that. First John chapter 2 uh, second part of verse 14 says this, I have written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I have written to you who are young in the faith because you are strong. God's word lives in your hearts and you have won your battle with the evil one. Verse 15, do not love the world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the father in you. For the world offers only craving of physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So we look at this and we begin to understand that, listen, we are being told you can, you can be in this world and you can easily fall in love with the systems of this world, the things that this world says that you should want, all of those things. But it says, if you do that, then the love of the Father isn't actually in you. That's pretty harsh, right? Like to be in that position where you're saying, listen, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in the world that I really like and that I love and that I'm pursuing. And, you know, if I could just get my career to this level, then, then everything would feel better and I would, I would be better if my, if my house could be this size, if, my, if I could drive this car instead of the car I'm currently driving. And all of these things and we get sucked in. And the Bible says that, that if you do that, if that's what you're going to pursue, if that's what's going to become important to you, then the love of God actually isn't in you. The distracted warrior abandons his heavenly purpose in pursuit of an earthly kingdom. We can so easily fall in love with the things of this world rather than focus on the call of God in our lives. Listen to what 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4 says. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. See, if we get tied up in what the world says is important, if we get tied up in what feels good to us in this world, then what we're doing is we're actually missing out on what our commander tells us to do. Our commander, we talked a little bit about this last weekend when we talked about, about the fact that, that for many of us, what we do is we start chasing after the world. We start chasing after what will make us happy. And many of us have good intentions when we do it because we'll say and we'll justify by saying, well, once I achieve this, then I will with God. But as we looked at scripture again, we're reminded of the fact that it says, seek first the kingdom of God and then he'll add the other stuff, Right? 
So for many of us, we get that backwards and we will never get to a place because if the enemy knows all he has to do is keep you pursuing the world, then he'll keep you pursuing the world. you'll, You'll get the car that you wanted and then the new model will come out and it's got all this extra stuff that yours didn't have, right? You'll move into that neighborhood and pretty soon you're like, actually, that other neighborhood is a little bit better. And, and you'll never be satisfied. But if we begin to understand, listen, we are called to be warriors for God. Which means that we live our lives in such a way that we are constantly trying to take back what the enemy has stolen. Last week when we talked about this, I think that for many of us, we need to understand that the enemy is so good at lying to us and making us think that he's continuing to gain ground and gain ground. And you look at it and it feels like that. But maybe the reason he's gaining ground, it's not because he owns that ground, because he doesn't. He lost. He's defeated. So if we've already, if God's already defeated him, and all we have to do is actually set foot on that ground and say, no, I'm sorry, it's not yours. It's, it's ours. That changes everything. That's why I love the fact that, that every week we keep hearing of God opening more and more doors for us in the, in the prison system. Yeah. I mean, every week it's just like, oh yeah, there's more people watching and, and now we're in this place and now they're, they're giving them credit if they watch our church service so they can watch movies later on. I mean, how crazy is that? Why? Because God already won the ground. Yeah. All we gotta do is advance into it, right? It's already there. I think it's interesting because spiritual wins are often harder for us to track, right? Like, as we look at this, we can look in our lives and we can go, you know what? If I do really good at my job, then I see it. I see that they give me a promotion. I see that my paycheck gets bigger. You know, if, I, if I'm successful in, in the world's eyes, then, then all, a lot of things change in my life. I, I do get that faster car or I get my garage seems to fill up with toys that I want or my house gets bigger or I get a lake house or whatever. And we can see and we can track and, and we can win and we see it and we're like excited. And not only do we see it, but more importantly, everybody else gets to see it, right? Because we want everybody to be impressed with how good we're doing. Spiritual wins are harder to track. They can also take longer to come to fruition. And for many of us, the, the wins that we're, that we're making right now, we maybe will never see until that day. There will come a day where we will stand with our, with our Savior. And, and I believe with all my heart that many of you, somebody, people are going to come to you and go, you know what? You don't know this. But you invited me that one time to church and I didn't go with you, but I ended up going with somebody else because you got me thinking about it. And I actually accepted Jesus into my heart. And so that's why I'm here today. And that's a win for eternity, right? I think, I think it's interesting because I think especially for guys, we struggle when, when we're trying to, everything kind of becomes competition with guys. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> we, I mean, we can make a game out of anything, right? And so when we talk about winning spiritually, it's like, yeah, well, show me. How do, I, how do I know if I'm winning? Like, how do I know? Wouldn't it be cool if we could, like, gamify church a little bit, right? Like, like you show up to church. Hey, five points. You made it to church today. <laughs> hey, you sang a little bit. Two points, right? 
All of a sudden, guys are like, dude, I'm killing it today. I'm preaching and you're looking at your Bible. I'm not on, I'm not on social media. I'm looking at the Bible. Three points. Look at that. Right? You come and you do hands of hope. You serve and you're, you're hauling furniture. You know what? Ten points. And then some of you get the, the height of bed that has to go up three flights of stairs. Twenty points. Some of you volunteer to, to help clean up a little bit after Easter and you get the, you get the nursery uh, garbages you got to take out. 35 points, right? I'm telling you, we could gamify church and some of you'd really get into it. Like give away a Traeger smoker at the end of the year for the winter. It'd be great. <laughs> Michelle's prepared to give out points right now. She needs help. And little splashers today. Can I just tell you that, that for, for us to understand and begin to realize and to begin to shift our, mind, our mindset to a place where we begin to realize that the God of the universe loves you, he's set you free, he's forgiven you, he's taken away all your sin and your shame, and what he asks in return is, I want you to go now, and I want you to take back the ground that we've already won. Our enemy has read the playbook, however, and he already knows that he's lost. He already knows that God has told us that we are more than conquerors. Amen. So if you're the enemy and you already know that you've lost and you already know that, that, that all these believers have to do is, is just actually start acting on the victory that's already been won, then distraction is, is something that I believe that he uses. If he can distract us, he can maybe keep us from telling other people that the battle is already won. He can make our faith be one of, one of the things in our life in a list of many things, but not the most important thing in our life. You see, we want both what the world has and we want what the next life has as well. We want to have the best of both. But if we understand what John said, it said, do not love this world nor the things that it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. So this week at some point, I'm telling you right now, I'll, I'll guarantee you, at some point during this week, you're going to have this little voice that comes into your head, and the voice is going to say this, you're at work, you're, you're picking your kids up from school, you're in the grocery store, wherever you're going to be, but there's going to be a voice that's going to come, and it's going to say, hey, you should invite this person to church this week. Yeah. I'll guarantee you, if you're a believer in this room, I'll guarantee you at some point this week, that voice is going to come into your mind. And what's going to happen next is another voice is going to follow it. And that voice is going to say things like, what if you offend them? Or what if they've had a bad experience with church? Or what if they think less of me? And all of a sudden what can happen is that voice begins to take preeminence over the other voice. And so for many of us, what we need to realize is that we've got to take our thoughts captive and we need to understand who our commander is and we need to understand what's important to him. We talked about that last week when we talked about Jonathan and his armor bearer because Jonathan understood who his, who his commander was. Even though Saul was officially his commander of the army, God was the one that he chose to listen to. And he said, I know my God, and I know my God will give us this victory. I know that when we go, we're going to take ground from the enemy, which is the heart of my God. 
So he said, so I'm going to step into a battle that seems impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And so as we look at this, we need to understand that God has a plan for you and he wants you to focus on the fight. We get so distracted by so many things and we start fighting to win something that we were never intended to win. Imagine, imagine with me, just, I know that we're a little ways away from football season, but imagine with me for just a moment, if you will, <laughs> that in this next upcoming football season that we see that the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers are flourishing, oh, don't boo that, <laughs> are flourishing and they're, they're taking the NFC by storm. Amen. Oh, come on. Good to have you in the room, Logan. Uh, and and they, they make it all the way to the Super Bowl. Come on now. I'm, get, I'm getting the chills right now just thinking about it. They make it all the way to the Super Bowl. And the night before the Super or the morning of the Super Bowl, uh, Aaron Rodgers is playing words with friends with Tom Brady. And he's winning. And so he keeps playing. And he keeps playing and he's, and he's doing these like 42 point words on this words with friends on his iPad. And pretty soon there's a knock at the door and it's a trainer and he's like, uh, Mr. Rogers, we are, we're late. We need to get to the stadium. You need to do your warmups. He said, give me just a few more minutes. And he keeps playing words with friends with Tom Brady. And he's smoking him, man. He's killing him at words with friends. It's great, and he's loving it. And so every time they knock, he says, yeah, in a little while. Yeah, in a little while. Yeah, in a little while. And pretty soon, the game has come and gone. But he ends up winning words with friends with Tom Brady. And so he gets on social media, and he begins to brag, hey, I just smoked Tom Brady at words with friends. How many of you know people are not going to be happy with Aaron Rodgers at that point? Nobody cares about that. That game is pointless. You were in the Super Bowl, man. Like, that's a stupid analogy. I get it. But hear me. Because God, we are in the game. We're in the Super Bowl. And many of us are, are, are worrying about something that has zero meaning. Did it land? Did that one land? Did make, make sense? I wrote it and I'm like, I don't know if that's going to like, well, it's... <laughs> Saturday night, I love you because you're like the guinea pigs. I try it. People will say, people will go, hey, you know, Sunday's different than Saturday. I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Well, no, but what I love about Saturday is you got energy in here, man. Sometimes Sunday morning, man, they could use a little of your energy, so... And actually, there are times when I'll say something and you guys will get all excited and I'm like, oh, cool, that landed. I'll do it on Sunday morning and it's like, okay. <sighs> now I'm distracted. Here we go. So today we, we think about Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem and the crowd was with him just days during that time we watch as, as Jesus shows up and, and I can't even imagine like the disciples how that must have felt because so many of them have left their, left their jobs and left what they, their families and they followed Jesus and they've watched as the crowds have gotten bigger and now they're entering into Jerusalem and, and Jesus and they're shouting, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. They're worshiping him. And 
as time goes on, we see that the crowds begin to turn. They begin to not be shouting that anymore. It, it quickly changes from Hosanna to crucify him. Now, as I was thinking about that story this week, Jesus could have then changed his game plan. He could have said, whoa, 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 I was popular a little bit ago. So I'm gonna change my method. I'm gonna do something so I can regain the crowd. But Jesus came to play the, the long game, yeah. right? Jesus is like, I can win the crowd or I can win generations. Yeah. I, can, I can win the crowd or I can beat the enemy. And so he said, I came to beat the enemy. So as much as it's nice to have the crowd chanting, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. And for many of us, what we need to understand is that if we play the short game, we'll never do what God's asked us to do. It's the long game that matters. It's eternity that matters. So I want to look at this for just a moment because Paul said, if he had just said conquerors, that would have been cool. But he actually didn't just say conquerors. He said, he said uh, basically, the, the word before conquerors in there means hyper. So there's, there's Nikeo, and then there's hyper Nikeo, which is very significant because hyper means over or beyond. So like when you think of a, uh, a child or a hyperactive child, right? There's, a, there's an active child. There's a hyperactive child. How many of you know hyperactive means above and beyond, right? <laughs> Michelle said amen. Um, so as we look at this, we need to understand that, that Paul says, listen, not only are you conquerors, you're hyper conquerors. We're, uh, we are not just conquerors. We are hyper conquerors. I don't know if that made it up on the screen. I didn't read that in order. Um, we are amazingly above and beyond conquerors. Jesus did not just barely beat the devil, he utterly destroyed the devil's power. If you were on the devil's side during this, it was embarrassing to watch, right? That's how bad he got beaten. And many people see this as a battle between good versus evil, almost as though it's an equal battle and we just gotta hold on and hope that God wins. They think of it as like darkness versus light and they're pushing back and forth and they're trying to make things happen. But that's such a bad picture of this because how many of you know when you flip on a light switch in your house, light does not struggle to overtake darkness. You don't have to go to your lamp and you're gonna, you turn it on, you don't have to go, come on light, you can do it. You can defeat the darkness. No, you turn it on and it's light. It wasn't even a battle. There was no light. You didn't see like darkness come and then light took over a little bit more and then more darkness and, oh, come on, light, you can do it. No, you flip it on, it's done. That's what that word, that hyper adds to it. Jesus utterly removed the power of darkness from our lives. We didn't barely make it. We completely demolished the enemy. So what if, bear with me for just a second, what if, what if the church actually believed that? What if we actually said, that's true, so I don't have to keep wrestling, hoping, white knuckling it, that maybe I can win. He said, you already won. 
He flipped the switch on. Darkness has no more authority. So the enemy, he'll lie to you though and he'll say, he'll say, I don't know if you're going to make it. You know, I don't know. That addiction, it's too much. That struggle, you're going to always struggle with it. You just need to know that. No, he said, you're a hyper conqueror. The light switch came on. Darkness was defeated. It no longer has any power in your life. Jesus smashed the devil's power on the cross. And now through Jesus, we can break the forces of darkness as well. We are not called to fall in fear like the rest of the world. We are called to be voices of victory. We are called to call people who feel defeated to understand that they have already won if they'll put their hope and their faith and their trust in this Jesus that we talk about. See, when the world is trembling, maybe it's important for them to see us at peace and resting in the victory of the cross. Sometimes we can preach a message and we can say, hey, listen, I want you to understand, like, like come and, 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 and pray and ask God to help you and to give you the strength and all that. And those are important messages. But tonight as we're wrapping this up, I, I don't want to do that because I would rather us just celebrate the victory that's already been won. Because yeah. sometimes what happens with us, if, I, if you're like me, sometimes if I'm struggling with something, I can spend so much time focused on this thing that I'm struggling with. God, just help me. Help me to overcome this. Help me to help, help this not to be a temptation. Help this not to be a struggle for me anymore. And you think about it and you think about it and you think about it. And I think sometimes God's like, why are you so focused on that you might lose? Yeah. I told you in the book, yeah. you already won. Amen. Why don't you walk that out instead? So as we worship, in just a moment, I want you to just spend some time focused on the victory. If you're in the house today and you'd say, you know, I don't really know that I have a right relationship with Jesus Christ. Actually, I'm gonna ask everybody in the room, will you just close your eyes with me for just a moment? I really feel like tonight there are some of you that are in the room and maybe you've even been in the room for a while. But tonight you don't feel like a conqueror because you haven't actually made the decision to follow Jesus Christ. So if you're in the room right now and you'd say, you know, Jason, I just wanna, I wanna make sure that my relationship is right with Jesus. I wanna, I wanna be a follower of his. It doesn't mean you're gonna become perfect tonight but it does mean you'll become forgiven tonight. So if you're in the house today and you want to join with me in just a moment, we're going to pray a prayer. It's just a a prayer of saying, God, I, I believe you. I accept you. I want to follow Jesus. If that's you tonight, would you do me a favor and just lift up your hand and catch my eye? I want to pray with you. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I see you way back there. Thank you. Is there anybody else this evening that would just say, Jason, will you just remember me in this closing prayer? I just want to, I want to be a conqueror, man. 
Yeah, I see you. Thanks for your honesty. Yeah, thanks, brother. I want to take one more moment. Is there anybody else that would just say, Jason, will you just remember me in this closing prayer? Yeah, thank you for being honest. Yeah, good girl. One more moment, anyone else? Yeah, proud of you. what we're going to do. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you raise your hand, or maybe you didn't have the courage to raise your hand, but you know you need to pray this prayer. So I'm going to ask everybody in the room if you'll join me in praying it. As we pray this prayer, something amazing happens. Because God so loved the world. He said, I want relationship with you, so I'm going to pay the price for your stuff so you and I can be in relationship. So tonight you'll be cleansed of your sin. And then you'll be more than a conqueror. So let's all pray this prayer together. If you mean what you're saying, you're going to go, this seems so simple. It is simple because he loved you that much that he made it so that you could do it. The heavy lifting's been done. Jesus did it on the cross. Now you just got to accept what he's done. So let's all pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I thank you for your grace. I'm so thankful for your mercy. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to follow you from this day forward. I am more than a conqueror because you love me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer tonight and you meant it, can I just tell you, you just started the best thing in your life. It's a journey with Jesus Christ. You are a new creation. Would you give them a round of applause? So tonight, I want us to celebrate the victory. As we worship together, for some of you, you're like, oh, I hope they open up the altars because I want to just spend a little bit of time praying over this this struggle that I'm having. And I get that. And I'm not saying you shouldn't pray if you're having a struggle But sometimes God is like, dude, you're praying for something I already gave you. You're praying over something that you can already claim. It's time to claim the spoils because the victory's already been won. So how about instead of focusing on the problem, we focus on the problem solver tonight. Amen. Let's thank him for what he's doing. Will you stand with me? God, we are so grateful. Lord, as we worship you tonight, I pray, Father, that you will instill in us the understanding that, God, you have already won. Lord, it isn't light that's just trying to overcome darkness. God, you flipped the switch, and there isn't darkness. It's taken over. So, Lord, help us to believe that. Help us to walk that. Help us to trust that. God, we give you all the praise tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. The altars are open if you want prayer. Just come and spend some time celebrating, would you? Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. 
you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.